It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back, bashing the brain on a special birthday edition. Happy birthday, Willie Smalls. Do you want to mention your age or do we? I'm 40. What, what is 1978? What's that mean? I think Facebook said 46. Does I think 47. Right? I, I think 47. It might be 46. Facebook says Whatever 46. 78. We're in an even number. We're in 24. So it's it's right, 46. So 46. 46. Do you 46 feel 46? No, I feel like I'm freaking 12. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm 12. And that's and that's because if you want to be like Willie, you got to download the attack app, ATAC attack, video game stats, meets real life training, figure out your attack rating, strength, endurance, mentality, agility. And this way, as you age, when you're 46, you're going to feel like a 12 year old again. So download the attack apps, like having a personal trainer in your wallet. Willie, we got a special show in, in store today. I tell you what, I mean, um, I don't know. I feel like alive today, like like this week, this era, I think part of the um part of the wrestling season i mean don't get me wrong i love when the season starts and it's november and there's uh, everything going on but it gets exhausting between um i mean there was a couple a couple weeks ago i was like not even up to date on like i didn't get to watch some of the ncaa matches that i wanted to watch because i'm doing Seeds for Super 32, previews for Iron Man, Tulsa National Seeds, right? I'm doing Crystal Ball. I like, I'm doing all these things. And like now, like the last two weeks, high school gets really slowed down because there's no national stuff. They're doing these little conference tournaments, which don't matter nationally, really, because the winners kick the losers' butts, right? Yeah. Uh, there is no junior high stuff. Um, international is pretty much non-existent right now other than news and notes and tidbits um so like i feel like i can enjoy it now i can really dig in on ncaa's which just so happens to be like crunch time so i I feel like relieved and reinvigorated i'm ready to go well you one of my favorite things about when you start enjoying this side of the sport is the amount of content you put out because this week you've been working on crystal ball updates, transfer portal possibities, um, some previews. Yeah. So, and we're going to kind of run through it all. I don't know how in depth we'll get it on each thing, but you know, like we're just talking crystal ball. We can kind of run through it real quick and just talk about the changes. Cause there's not, that's a, that's another thing too, is like when I get this respite from the nuts and bolts, like you got to update the rankings. You got to up, you got to do certain things. You got to follow certain 
tournaments, when I get a break to be creative, that's when I get fun, right? And so this portal thing was a lot of work, but it's something nobody else does, and, and it's a different, fresh kind of look. And when I can get creative, that's what, maybe that's probably why. That's probably why I'm all jazzed up. Is another reason why I'm all jazzed up is because when I get to do some creative stuff instead of the nuts and bolts, that's where I my passion comes out again. Yeah. Did you know today's also our guy Carter Starachi's birthday? Is it? Yep. Uh, you know what? I think I I think I knew that previously, but forgot about it. And yep. guess who else's birthday it is? Carter, James Dean. What? Who? The Burroughs clan just had baby number five today. Did they? You know what? A lot of people uh, did not know that Lauren was pregnant this time. I know. Yeah, they kept it secret. They When they were over at my house in the fall, uh, Jordan and I were upstairs on my deck, and Lauren and my wife were talking down by the pool. The kids were all swimming. And Becca looked over and goes, did you know she was pregnant again? I go, nope. <laughs> but, yeah, they kept this one uh, uh, quiet. It was funny because um, uh, I was recently around somebody, and they said, look at this picture. And I said, well, what? And they said, what do you notice about it? And I said, well, Lauren's, like, kind of hiding behind Jordan. Oh, the New Year's Eve ones? And they were like, yeah, you know why? And I'm like. No, she's pregnant and they want to keep it a secret. Ah, okay. I told her the New Year's Eve photo was a little obvious because she hid her whole body behind Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And had her, her head on his shoulder. Cute photo, but I'm like, I don't know if it's as obvious as it is to me because we know. Um, well, congratulations, Jordan and Lauren. Do we know what's the name? Badge, B A D G E. So, boy? Both, yep, boy. So, Beacon, Badge, Aura, Banner, am I Banner, Rise, yeah. yes, a clan I, of I, seven, the Burroughs clan of seven now. They got to keep going. That's what Jordan told me. I'm like, dude, I think I'm done it too. And he's like, bro, now you're just getting yeah. started. They start taking care of each other now. Not listen. <laughs> I I have zero, but I want everybody. I, you know, I tell Snyder to have more, more, more. Have more. I love big families. If I had one, I'd have 12. <laughs> well, it's not too early. You said you're feeling like 12, so you're about to start hitting your glory years. That's right. That's right. All right, let's talk crystal ball uh, real quick. I just want to kind yeah. of run through the changes with you. People who mm -hmm. have been listening to this show know how fun I think crystal ball is. And we've done it in depth before. Now we're just going to run through the changes real quick. And yeah. Um, you know, I had Ramos one last week. I have him or two weeks ago. I, I have him one still. I moved Barnett from four to two. I think 125 is insanely difficult to predict. Uh, not only can everybody beat everybody, but when they do, it's often by a takedown or less. You know, Matt Ramos beat um, Drake by uh, one takedown, and Davis beat D'Augustino. D'Augustino beat Ayala. Um, you have new faces with Davis and, and Stanich in there, and then you have the 12th year senior McKee coming back uh, looking strong. And so it's a very chaotic weight. And, um, you know, it's after they came out, somebody posted on a message board um, the crystal ball things. Uh, the Penn State guys 
uh, we're discussing them on uh, BWI. Um, and somebody said, I just can't have Davis that high. I just can't see Davis. I don't have any confidence in Braden Davis being four. And I responded, I said, look, it's a valid opinion, but um, who do you, who, who do you have? I mean, how can you have confidence in any of these guys? Yeah. It, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, does it seem high? I don't know. And number one, like, and this is one of the reasons we're not going to spend too much time on Crystal Ball. Like, Braden Davis, Drake Ayala, you're 3-4, Wrestle Friday night. We're right. going to get answers, you know? And it's right. like, it's 125 to me is, I think, we were talking about it before we started recording. Like, 125 is a weight where if you truly want to Crystal Ball something, this kind of shows how much you can or where your level's at based on how they finish, given that a lot of weights, it's pretty you can move guys a little bit, but the pecking order is pretty clear. This is just everybody beats everybody. Who do you think is going to wind up on top? So this weight's fun to look at because of yeah, that. it's crazy. And and I'm you know I'm excited about um I'm excited about 125. I'm excited about 157. But they're also the probably the two that are toughest to nail down. Um, and I hope. By the end of the year, you know, about four NCAs, I can get them close to close to right. But the margins are so small. I mean, Caleb Smith has lost a bunch of times, including to Patrick McKee. Um, but he's also beaten the guy I have number five, you know. And so uh, if, it's also if, if, a guy like Richie Figs could go on a run in NCAAs and wouldn't surprise anybody. <laughs> well, but, exactly. And I have Richie Figs out now. I, I kind of regret taking him out. You know, you lose to Spratly and you lose to um, a backup Maximo Renteria uh, at Oregon State, and it's tough to keep in. I should have kept him in. I should have kept him in. And um, <clears throat> you know, I I talked to the I talked to somebody at Arizona State yesterday. I said, "What's up? What's up with Figs? Is he is he checked out? Is he not good anymore? Is he?" just off on his training cycles. He just not clicking. And they was like, Richie's going to be fine. Richie's going to be good. The kid's too good. He's just having a rough patch right now. He's going to be fine. We're really excited about him. And that was my inclination too, but I just couldn't ignore that maximum result. Um, and so I wish I would have kept him in. But yeah, 25 is wild. 33, Ragusin, you continue to... Uh rise him up a little bit into into fourth now you got Nagao in fifth um but you know most things in this way pretty pretty straightforward well so Ragason at four means that I'm a believer um yeah. he's proved it I'm lately not, he's looked great I'm not entirely sold that he's four um but I am sold that he's a podium guy uh, I, I give Sam Latona a lot of wiggle room because he's been way off. He's all the way down at number 13 in Intermat, 18 in WrestleStat. But I just feel like he's a veteran, and he'll figure it out. He always does. Um, so I got him still on the podium despite being ranked 13th. Uh, and I have Nasir Bailey in there. And, and again, this is there's some pieces here that are kind of wonky, like – Buzakis can beat about anybody, but you know, know. he he beats Nagal, loses to Shaver on the same weekend. So, 
And people, that's one name that keeps getting brought up in phone calls is, man, look at how good Buzakis looked. Man, I can't believe how bad Buzakis looked. I'm yeah. like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of inconsist inconsistency with him. I mean, Ragason took it to him. He absolutely yeah, took major. it to him. Major, majored him 15 to 6. Mm -hmm. And that's that's part of why I like Ragason uh, so high. Yeah. Uh, 41, not, not too many changes here. You know, Bo's obviously one right now in real two We're you know, we're getting that. We're going to talk Penn state. Iowa in a little bit, but I don't feel good about that at all. Um, I considered three guys for the top spot. It's Bartlett Woods and Mendez. Yeah. And part of me wants, part of me wants to make Woods hold serve. Uh, and just say, hey, listen, it's a mulligan for for his loss uh, to Sergio Lemley. It's the one blemish in an otherwise uh, impeccable last two years. Um, there's certainly no harm in losing to Andrew Lira in the NCAA Finals. Uh, and, and I kind of wanted to keep him there. But I, I don't – here's the thing. Penn State guys end up figuring it out. Um, they end up figuring it out, and and Bo, I, it's almost like Bo could lose to anybody at any time because he wrestles so many close matches. But when you win all those close matches all the time, um, he can also beat anybody at any time. You you give him the benefit of the doubt, like, well, he's gonna lose. He just won four one. He just won four one. He just won four one in overtime. He just won four three. Uh, yeah, at some point. Guys, he's going to win 4-3, right? And by the way, even, like, I know there was a little bit of controversy at the end of Mendez-Bartlett, um, but still, the fact that Bo slowed down Jesse's pace, which is kind of, you know, what we talked about, where if Bo's going to win, he's got to slow Jesse's pace down and keep it a low-scoring match, and he did. So I think Bo continues to deliver. You know, we're going to talk Bo real in a little bit here, I'm sure, but... I mean, I think one thing that gets lost... Um... And I don't know. It's not pretty. It's not like something you write home about. It's not something like you put a poster on your wall about. But um, Bo doesn't get taken down. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it, I don't know. Take him down. 49, not a lot of movement, but big one this weekend with. Uh, yep. Rich, love, love it. Love it. Gomez. Gomez. As much as the Iowa. Penn State duel is kind of the talk of the town. The biggest matchup of the weekend might be Ridge and Gomez. Ridge, um, the highest, well, he, he was a runner-up. He's the highest placer of all these guys uh, previously. Um, but Gomez did win uh, the head-to-head -head before. Um, so it's really interesting. It's a battle for the number one spot. And I think... That duel is that duel before or after Penn State? Because I believe that's tomorrow night, also on Big Ten Network, right? It is. Um, it's tomorrow night. Man, another and, great Friday night of wrestling. Yeah, it's before Penn State Iowa. Penn State Iowa is at nine p.m. Um, Nebraska Michigan is at seven. So seven and nine. So 
two great duels. Um, so, yeah, not much movement at 49. You do have Kasich, Aang, which I like. Um, yeah, I sort of have them in buckets there. Uh, one bucket that I – I think Kasich, Waters, Swiderski is kind of a bucket, right? Yeah. Uh, I have Waters in, even though Swiderski just beat him. I, I feel like they're on the same tier. Um, so, yeah. And then let's take a look at 57 real quick. Interesting here. Now, I moved Meyer up to number one. He's now my pick. Uh, I'm kind of throwing out the CKLV losses. Here's the problem with... 57 is, is dynamic. Um, nobody other than Levi has a has a clean record. I mean, Teamer lost to Chittum. Um P-Rob went on a four-match losing streak. Franick lost to Blockus and Luan. Teamer also just lost to Isaiah Crosby 20 to 6. No. That's wrong. No, he beat him 26. I'm thinking of the other way around. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looked really good last outing. Um and and also, when I talk to Arizona State, they're feeling really good about him uh, as well. He looks and like he's they, getting healthy again. Well, what they told me was that um, Caleb Larkin in the room has been very, very helpful to Ja'Cory. And I said, in what way? And they said, Caleb doesn't stop attacking ever. And so it makes... Jacory's pace go up. And so um, they're feeling really bullish on Jacory. And for those listening who may maybe forgot, Caleb Larkin just won the Bill Farrell a couple months ago, which punched his ticket to the Olympic trials in two months. And he looked yeah. damn good doing it. Yep. So uh, the problem with Meyer, um, he is an uber talent. And, and I, I mean, I think best pure wrestler one-on-one -on -one at this weight class um, between skill, technique, arsenal, bag of tricks, mat awareness, wrestling IQ. I think, I think Meyer's the best where my caveat is he sometimes gets rattled. If he's okay between the ears, if he's confident and, and and he can string matches together, and that's kind of a cop-out because it's always can you string matches together. Um, yeah. But if if he doesn't worry about who his next opponent is and he just goes out and does his thing, I think he's the superior wrestler. Uh, what I worry about is him getting uh, stuck in the headlights, which that's what happened at CKLB, guys. I mean, I, I don't know how uh, – how much I have to explain that, but he is better than Trevor Chumbly. Okay. He is better than, I don't know who else he lost to Daniel Cardenas. He's, he's better. I don't like, I make excuses for the kids. My analysis is he got rattled. Listen, that it's a very important topic. I mean, I've been talking to the wrestling mindset guys a lot lately on the bash solution side of things. And, you know, the more I understand their business model and how they're helping wrestlers, with things like that, you almost don't realize 
where the difference that mindset makes with some of these wrestlers because we just see physical performance often we yeah. don't see before the match after the match in the room what they say there's so much more off the mat that goes into these matches so you know i i think you're spot on i think that could definitely be uh confidence and being in the right mindset and and not having self-doubt and um being resilient mentally is a huge thing. I remember, um, and, and you know, wrestlers are, are more often than not a, a very confident bunch. So maybe we don't think of it often, but there are, there are a number of kids that go through, um, they need to be picked up and have confidence. I remember when Mason Beckman, and Mason Beckman was right, um, I had him very high coming out. He won Ironman like two times. He won state title two or three times. And I mean, he was one of the best. He was one of the best coming out. And uh, I was pretty close with him. And uh, his freshman year when he was going to get the start, I was like DMing with him or texting with him. And I'm like, are you starting? Are you, you know, what do you, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to start. And I'm like, bro, you're going to kick ass. You're going to do, you're going to be great, buddy. I'm excited for you. And he was like, you think so? Really? Really? I mean, do you think I can go with these guys? I'm like, Mason, what are you? And But the jump from, I mean, I think he watched college wrestling so much that he was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, you know? And I talked to the staff at the time and they're like, yeah, he's self-conscious. He doesn't know, right? He's not totally conscious. But then they got him with a sports psychologist and he was like, really good he was multiple time all-american um yeah. and if you look okay the penn state has a psychologist kind of person on the bench at all times right and even uh, their kids before like wrestling mindset worked with shane van ness zach Ryder. like they're these kids it's it's a lot easier to show when you're you know in the room or in the weight room on instagram when you're with a sports psychologist or you're with wrestling mindset and you're you're doing mindset training, you don't show it as often. It's not an easy thing to show. So it's not as common to see. But more and more top-level wrestlers are relying on mindset training. Uh, Chenzo just texted me. I need a weekend preview show from JB and Willie. I'm going to set up a screenshot recording. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, like 157 at CKLV was so interesting. And now it's funny how it's like that yeah. is so early in the season, all things considered. Yeah, it was his first go. Um, Lehigh has had uh, sports psychologists. Penn State has sports psychologists. If you look now, look at the matches on Big Ten Network, and you'll see uh, a tall guy on the bench um, at Michigan's bench. His name's Dr. Jared Spencer. He's a buddy of mine, and he is now the – like mental preparation sports psychologist for Michigan. Uh, he's from Lehigh Valley. Um, a lot of schools are implementing that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, shout out Wrestling Mindset. If you need help, go to WrestlingMindset.com. I love what they're doing. I'm all about those guys. Um, all right, 65. 65. Can I ask, can I ask uh, a question yeah. that I texted yeah. you? Yeah. Because I, I – this is the time of year where football is over. And I, when I have downtime, I look at rankings and think seeds and hypothetical semis matches and all that. 
and I tweeted this question. If Messenbrink goes undefeated, let's just say, let's say he beats Caliendo Friday night, and let's say he beats Caliendo again and or Hamidi at Big Tens. That's his ceiling for what he can do as far as top 10 wins. He's not going to wrestle O'Toole. He's not going to wrestle Carr. He's not going to wrestle Ramirez. He's not going to wrestle um, Olgenik. So if he goes undefeated and beats Caliendo and Hamidi, what do you think his seed potential is? It's weird, right? Because O'Toole's Big 12, Carr's Big 12, Ramirez, EIWA. So the top guys he can hit are Hamidi and Caliendo, which uh, sort of limit what you said, limits his ceiling. Um, that being said, I don't know. I, I did an article on projected top number or like top seeds, and it's going to be really hard for Brink to get the one. Um, now, the Ramirez win does work. The Ramirez win over Carr does work in his favor. If if Carr, I, I don't know. I don't know how O'Toole gets unseated from one unless. If O'Toole and Carr split matches, does an undefeated Messenbrink go one? That's, that's Messenbrink's path. But I still think, you know, they, they wrestle up. They wrestle on a duel and they wrestle at Big Twelves, so I don't know. I think if I think if O'Toole wins last, it hurts Mesenbrink. I think if I think if Carr wins at Big Twelves, it helps Mesenbrink. It's going to be uh, interesting. It, it's, and, it's a tough call. It's it, hard to see through that. In, in the one of the big reasons I was thinking is that semis and, and the implications there where let's say seeds hold and you're looking at a potential old tool Messenbrink semi. That's a, that's, that's a wild, wild semi. Wild. I text, I text Ben Askren yesterday. I said, what are you going to do when a tool wrestles Mitch? If they wrestle, <laughs> he just responded, watch. <laughs> I mean, well, that's gotta be tough. That was my, like Yanni and Nick Lee are both my guys. They're both bash solutions guys. And when they wrestled this weekend, I texted them both the, the night before. And I'm like, is there anything I can do to help you? Um, you know, looking forward to tomorrow, seeing you compete. And then after, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to be really bummed for one guy. And you know, you're going to be really excited for the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, each way. And again, I, I'll keep repeating it. I tweeted that this is one of the most fascinating seasons I've ever seen and each weight is fascinating for different reasons 25 is chaotic 133 you got two world medalists plus a freshman that beat one of them um 41 41's really deep and consistent really I mean just because real lost and eh, it not even a big deal. I, 41 is really good. 49 is good. 57 is dealer's choice, really. I mean, yeah. all these guys have lost, except for Levi, who wins close all the time. Um, and 65, you have, you know, you think you have this tier right now of O'Toole, Carr, Mezenbrink, but Ramirez has beat Carr. Alejnik has beat Hamidi. Um, there's, 
not much certain there. There's a, a there's enough uh, curiosity to make it really interesting. Yeah. Um. Seventy four. Not much going on. I mean, Staraki rules the roost. Makai. I feel like. I mean, he's been wrestling. Makai's been wrestling, but kind of like not high profile matches. He hasn't had many giant head to heads recently, and so he's kind of a little off the radar, so to speak. Shane Griffith. You know, I was ready to bury him in the mid pack and he just looked phenomenal. So, um, I feel like Shane, sugar Shane's really back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So that, that's, that's one seventy four. Uh, Matt Olgin is up. I feel like Rocco Welsh, the freshman Rocco Welsh and Braden Thompson are wrestling pretty well. They're interesting, but 74, not a really, really deep weight. 84. Um, at this point, Keck is the next topic, right? Yeah, he looks so good. Yeah, 97, pretty... 97 is really super deep. And I, I've been pretty much uh, pretty much steadfast on, on this order. Brooks, Hydley, Buchanan, although I did have Elam up there earlier. Um, Beard, Cardenas, Elam, Sloan, Jackson, Smith. And I feel like that's pretty locked in. Uh there's a couple other guys I could sneak in there, but I feel like it's a very steady group. And then, um, and then heavyweight Kirkley. Uh, we don't get Bastida Hendrickson in a duel, but we will get him at Big Twelves, along with Elam, who's undefeated. Yeah, so that's Crystal Ball in a nutshell. Um, go to Willie's Rockfin, Rockfin.com/slash/MattScouts, and you can go through them. Um, all right, you want to talk your portal uh, article? Yeah, yeah, let's talk the portal article. Um, you know, I had to do – when I'm telling you I'm talking to a bunch of these coaches, uh, a lot of it had to do with crystal ball because, you know, the portal is a pretty sensitive subject in that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about guys – I'm going to write about guys that A, are in a log jam, B, that I've heard rumors about that are looking for portals or paydays or both, um, C, that are just pure speculation and everybody's talking about it. Like, um, <laughs> Northern Iowa got wind that I was putting Parker Keckeisen in um, the portal article and they... Uh, they texted me, so I called them, and they were like, you know, why are you writing that Kekaisen's going to... Well, they, they didn't get wind. I tweeted it, right? I tweeted it. Um, And they're like, why are you putting in that Kekaisen's going to be in? If you, you know, if you, if you say that, then people are going to try to poach them. And I said, hold on, guys. Let me read you what I wrote. I said, Doug, let me read you what I wrote. And I wrote, you know, I said, uh, well, let me read it real quick. Uh, probability unlikely. This is not, this is another one of those. Everyone is speculating things. I feel I need to address. Uh, Kekaisen, um, has been fed significant offers before and turned them all down. You and I has a great culture and Parker's a loyal guy. Uh, so it's unlikely that 
these, you know, this speculation is true. And Doug was like, well, okay, that's cool. That's super cool. Uh, that's entirely different than I thought the direction that you were going. I thought you were suggesting he was getting in, that he should get in, that there was a big payday for him. I said, no, I said, it's just, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about, Ooh, Parker could graduate and get in and get a big payday. Staraki could get a big payday. This guy, this guy, this guy. And so some of the guys, and it was a really fun article, but I had to talk to a lot of coaches and put out fires before I, you know, posted the article um, because it's sensitive. They don't want their guys being poached. They don't want, they don't want to wake up and read an article that's news to them. Right. And so some situations it was, and it's an unfortunate truth is that um, I'm hearing that certain guys are entering portal and their coaches don't even know about it. Um, some are just strictly speculation based on log jams. Um, and it probably doesn't, it probably doesn't sit great with the coaches, but uh the fact of the matter is, you know, Zach Redding, Kevin Dresser doesn't want to lose that guy. That, could, that dude's great in the room. He's a great member of their team. I have no idea if he's looking to portal. Uh, I, I wrote in there that it's total speculation. But you're really talented. You made the blood round last year. And the 30 on your roster, you're back. You're a backup. The 33 is a freshman. The 41 is a sophomore. The 49 is a sophomore. The 57 is a freshman. We're, you can either transfer, beat one of them out, or accept that you're a role player. And I'm sure that Iowa doesn't like that I listed Patrick Kennedy. And I listed him as unlikely because I think Kennedy's ingrained there. But if you could beat out Caliendo, you'd be doing so now. So the options are you beat out Gabe Ardo next year or for the next <clears throat> year, you're content with being a backup. And maybe that's the case, and that's fine. But it's, I, it's, not, it's a logical thing to think maybe Zach Redding or Patrick Kennedy or Terrell Barraclaw or uh, Seth Shoemate. Well, I'll tell you what. Looks around. There's a lot of talent there. People want to – cry about the transfer portal and I understand the negative aspects of it no doubt but I will say I do appreciate the transfer portal if there is a lot of depth in a room and a guy is not going to make the lineup I do appreciate that he can transfer to another school and go make the lineup I, I do like that for these kids who otherwise you know you have Terrell Bearclaw in this article you know and it's like there, there's as I mean, State's... in a situation where he's damn good. He just held um, Shane Griffith to a scoreless match despite weighing in you know, seven pounds underweight. He's probably a 65, maybe even a 57. Um, and he has Levi Mesenbrink, Facundo, Zach Ryder, uh, Joe Seeley, Will Henkel. Well, not Will Henkel yet, but... Uh, you know, he got all these guys to try to navigate Carter Starocki. Um, the odds are he is not getting in the, the starting gig. And maybe he's loved his time at Penn State so much and he loves the culture there and he loves it so much that he stays, right, like a Patrick Kennedy. Um, but he's he needs to be mentioned. 
He I, needs to be mentioned. I, I do think there's a level of attachment that some of these kids, like Greg Diakam Hollis, you have an article. I, I told you offline, you're, you're be- you got a better shot of him wanting to chop his own leg off than leaving Ithaca. And I understand why you put him in, like your reasoning with the lineup, but it is like the outside factors. And the same thing with, with Penn State. If you have one of David Taylor's M2 kids go to Penn State and, and they're a backup, I don't think they're going to transfer out and go away from State College, if nothing else, because yeah. of their relationship yeah. to M2, I mean, you know? Kids, I respect any decision. I don't like when kids leave. I don't. I mean, I, the worst part of the portal is a mid-major program losing a guy to a fat stack of money from a blue blood program that has a hole to fill. That is the ugly. That is the portal in its most ugly. Okay. But, and I made it abundantly clear. I put like quasi disclaimers in there that I'm not encouraging kids. The job of this article, the the objective of the article is not to encourage kids to leave. The objective of the article is to inform the public about what, what might come and who would be good pickups. And I don't think for a second that Greg Diakamahalis leaves Cornell. I mean, that's culture. That's family up there, right? Uh, maybe the same thing for Patrick Kennedy. Maybe the same thing for Terrell Bearclaw. Maybe the same thing for Andy Smith at Virginia Tech, who's been a solid top 20-ish type, type of guy, but who has Sonny Sasso coming in and who has uh, a young TJ Stewart there. Um, my point is, in other in other words, uh, here are really good guys, really talented guys, impact guys that could be impactful for other programs that are sit, going to be sitting on the bench. It, it also even th- this article is also valuable for fans because I think your gauge is probably pretty good on what's more likely and unlikely. So if you are worried somebody might leave your school that where you're a fan, or if you want to get somebody, it's nice to kind of see where somebody's thinking, hey, how likely or unlikely do you think this is? Yeah, yeah. It's um it's it's meant to be informative. It's not meant to be misleading. Uh I I'm trying to make it very clear in there that Okay, these ones are happening. These ones are likely to happen. These ones are unlikely to happen. Th- this one is just me speculating, right? Like Seth Shoemate from Ohio State. I have heard nothing. I have heard nothing that he's unhappy or or looking to leave, but he's a very high-quality kid that's stuck behind two, three freshmen, right? So – the possibilities there, and I make that clear. Yeah. Are there any you want to talk about in specific? Um. No, no, uh, not specifically. I mean, Columbia's. On one hand, Columbia is getting gutted, but on the other hand, and this is a team that beat you and I this year, but on the other hand. Th- those are the Ivy League rules. They're, they're, those guys are graduating, and because of COVID, they have an extra year of eligibility. So um, per Ivy League rules, they can't wrestle as a grad student at that institution. So um, there's a bunch from Columbia that are, like, I think 
really valuable and what will provide great value for the teams they go to. Cardenas is pretty much a foregone conclusion. I mean, Cardenas is Cardenas is definitely in. Ventresca is like 90% going to happen. McGonagall's like 90% going to happen. Um, so you got two All-Americans and Cardenas and Ventresca, and you got Connor McGonagall, who is ranked top two to start the year. Um, and those three are all very, very, very likely to enter the portal. So that's that's giant news, right? And so this had to be written uh, despite the fear of the coaches and people blaming me. I had one guy say, you're what's wrong with college sports. Yeah, yeah, I ruined college athletics. <laughs> Goodbye. Put the pipe down. Uh, no. But, you know, there's a lot of good <clears> – <throat> I will say this, too. I tweeted out that I was doing this article. I called a lot of coaches to confirm or to calm down or to, frankly, just um, be courteous, right? And say, hey, listen, I'm writing this article. No offense. I'm including this kid. Uh, so I, I, I feel very re uh, relieved that I did my due diligence and, I, I you know, um, I didn't. I tried not to catch people off guard. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it had to be written. And, you said um, the uh, bidding's already began for Cardenas? The bidding has begun for Cardenas. Uh, and, you know, well, Cardenas put himself in the portal a while ago, so for him it's legal. Now there's other guys going around getting offers. I'm Listen, I'm getting texts right now. I'm getting texts right now and screenshots, literally, as we're doing the show of guys I put on this list that are not in the portal and other other programs are contacting them. They are not in the portal. This is illegal. It's happening yeah. right now. I got it on my phone. Yeah, I've gotten screenshots too. It's not okay. just... And by the way, for the people who say, why don't you put it out? Because I'm not going to throw the wrestlers under the bus who, just because they show it to me, does not mean it's public. Yeah. So... um but one thing that was interesting, I think the I think listeners of the show will um, uh, appreciate or find interesting is that when I talked to all these coaches, because I wanted to, I wanted to do my due diligence. A lot of things came up. Um, one thing that was noticeable: a ton, a ton of programs are looking for one sixty fives. A ton, I, and I that. That caught me off guard. They're looking for 65s, heavyweights, and to a lesser extent, 25s. Now, I knew heavyweights. You ask any uh, college coach, it's, it's tough to find a quality heavyweight. It's tough to find um, a 25-pounder. But 65 caught me off guard. A lot of programs are looking for 65, so they're really interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, go check that out. It's on the Matt Scouts Rockfin channel. Um, we've both tweeted out to 2024 portal possibilities. That's a fun one, and I'm sure Willie's going to continue to update that as he gets more uh, inside scoops. Uh, Willie, the reason most people are tuning into this is because I think they want to hear some weekend previews. You know, if you really dig down deep, if you really dig down deep, 
you can, and you're really passionate about wrestling, you will make anything interesting. And I say that because the the result of the Penn State Iowa duel is not in question. Penn State's winning this duel, mate. But the programs are both so historic and and good um, and interesting that despite the the end result being not in question, it is still fascinating to prognosticate and talk about. Uh, if this was, if Penn State's name was Oklahoma State and I, yeah, if Penn State's name was Missouri and Iowa's name was NC State and this particular year NC State was looked like they were going to murder Missouri, we might not spend that much time on it. But because they're Penn State and because they're Iowa, even though Penn State is for sure going to win this duel, everybody wants to know individual picks. And I will say, too, after we do Penn State-Iowa, we'll do Nebraska-Michigan. WrestleStat, which I love referring to because it's all a model. They've built, they've built a nice computer model that gives you non-biased opinions. They actually have Michigan and Nebraska tied 16-16. Yeah. Yep. And which is interesting. I'm probably going to take Michigan, but well, I don't know. I didn't even go through it yet. We'll see. All right, let's do Penn State, Iowa. Okay. We'll timestamp it. This is what a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear Penn State Willie and Penn State Homer Bash talk Penn State, Iowa, and then complain if we make too many Penn State picks. <laughs> you know, one of the fascinating parts about this is, to me, the juxtaposition of lightweights, heavyweights, and – to me, nothing in the first six weights would be surprising. Not one thing. Not one thing. Maybe Shriver over Nigal. That might be surprising. But that wouldn't blow my it wouldn't blow my mind. No, because Buzakis, I feel like that final match the final score for Buzakis Nigal wasn't very indicating of how much Buzakis took it to Nagao to start the match. And Buzakis faded late and Nagao started turning it on and tried to, you know, rally late and come back and he couldn't get it done. But Buzakis really dominated that match. So I still would not be surprised if Nagao dropped one to Shriver in, against Iowa. All right, so, so let's break it down like rather mathematically first and re really rudimentarily and uh, rudimentarily and and in mass uh in bulk. Take the first six weights. I will be surprised at nothing. Take the last four weights. I would be surprised at any deviation from my picks. Right? The first six weights, zero surprise if any of my picks go wrong. Last four weights Total shock and all if any of those picks go wrong. So if you Agreed. if you say, and I think you should, anybody that says, like, Staraki is winning. Truex is winning. I don't care. Like, I am 
the world's biggest Gabe Arnold fan. But if you pick Gabe Arnold to beat Truax, you are high as a kite. Um, that you or or were born in a Hawkeye blanket. One of the two. Um, Starocki's winning. Truex is winning. Brooks is winning. Kirkfleet's winning. You start down 4-0. That, that's happening. That's happening. Unless our heads fall off, right? So what, what it then makes it is Iowa basically has to win those first six because those guys are bonusing. But let's say they don't. Iowa needs to win five of six. Iowa needs to win five of the first six. And there, that is why I'm saying this duel is not in question. Well, let's go through and make our official picks each way. We'll talk about it for a minute. You got Braden Davis and Drake Ayala, which I'm, I'm going Braden. I think you kind of have to, but I'm not surprised if Drake, who's look looks great this year, gets the W. Uh, to me, and and if you've listened to any time that I've ever picked a Hawkeye duel, which is often, um, I I often say Iowa Iowa has an it factor. Iowa finds a way to get it done to win matches that they. That are toss-ups, uh, particularly at home. Um, I think this is a true toss-up. Uh, I'm going to take Drake with not a lot of confidence um, because I, I think it's a true coin flip match, um, and Drake is at home, and uh, I can't imagine. I really can't imagine Drake. I mean, I think it's close. I can't imagine Drake going two matches without a takedown. Uh, and he didn't get one against D'Agostino. Um, I'm going to go Drake, but I think he needs to... I think he needs more leg attacks. Uh, I, let me rephrase that. He has leg attacks. I think he needs to... I, I think he needs to pull the trigger more. Um, and give himself some more opportunities. So, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Drake... Um, and should Drake win, then we have, uh, you know, a true, you know, another wrinkle where anything can go. If Davis wins, um, then we're looking at, okay, Davis has really solidified his position as top three guy. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I know I said last week, that a couple toss-ups I was leaning Penn State because it was at Penn State. I am, and again, either guy here wins, and I'm not the least bit surprised. Watching that Iowa duel, it is very hard to be confident in Iowa picks after that performance. There were some of those matches where I'm like, is this happening? And well, I'm, again, I don't know. I've been... I've been contrarian to the, the, the overwhelming narrative, including Iowa fans, but but everybody. Everybody said after the Michigan duel, watching the Michigan duel, Iowa looks terrible. And I thought I said, they did. I, 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 yeah, I know your rebuttal. My rebuttal is, who looked bad? 
who, who was other than real woods, who was, who, who didn't wrestle the way they should name one, name one guy. Well, can you name one guy? For one thing, I don't think that you, you can't really say other than real reels. Their only guy who's projected or favored to what finish top three in NCAAs. Okay. So that that's a big no, one. No, when frantic. Yeah, frantic. At the time, frantic. So that's the only one that is. Okay, so one. So one guy looked off. Hold on, let, I gotta pull. I gotta pull up the results. Hold on. One guy looked off, and the narrative was, "Well, wow, Iowa looked really bad." No, they on, didn't look me, really bad. That's who they pull, are. Let me pull up the results. Hang on. I'm not the brain. I need to pull things up. Um. Drake Ayala only scoring one point. That's not great for Drake, who's looked great all year. I know he wrestled the 27-year-old, but still. That, you know, to be to not have an offense in a match like that to get the duel started, I didn't think if I'm an Iowa fan, I understand why you're upset. Well, he didn't he didn't get a takedown against Ramos either. Then not saying he looked great there either. I'm just saying if you're looking at Michigan, Iowa, and you're saying I don't think anybody looked bad, Drake being held to one point over what eight minutes nine minutes of wrestling that's not ideal he was held to one point against ramos in seven minutes of wrestling iowa at large did not score much in that duel if you look at the first match i know but i know but look at look at the matchups where were they supposed to score i'm just saying look at drake scored one point shriver scored two points real wood scored two points did anybody uh, expect did scored, anybody expect Shriver to score on Ragason? So are are you just saying that the bar for Iowa right now is that low? That you're I'm not saying the matchups I'm saying the matchups against Michigan make it not surprising. If you're telling me uh if you text me and said Drake did not score a takedown against the Augustino, I say so what I mean why are you telling me this? This is like not a surprise. If you say Cullen Schreiber did not score a takedown on Ragason, I say no shit. Did you expect him to? If okay, now take out real because we all that was just insane. Um, if you're telling me Victor Voidovich did not score a takedown on um, Austin Gomez, I go uh, Victor Voidovich mostly does not score takedowns. If you tell me Frantic did not score a takedown on Will Luan, I say uh, you know I said before the match, wake me up in. Um, Overtime rideouts, and it's precisely what happened. I'm saying the script, other than real, the script played itself to a very reasonable uh, manifestation. That's fair. All right, so back to the duel at hand. Right. We are talking <laughs> because I know you already talked about that. I didn't want to get into it too much. But no, but, but people need to wake up because I don't know if they. Uh, I would look bad. I would look bad. What did you? You thought they were going to have some offensive explosion against a lineup full of all Americans? No, that's fair. All right, thirty-three. Nagao Shriver. I think Nagao bounces back. Looks good. What do you think? I think the pick is clearly Nagao. I think he's been a little up and down. Uh, I think he's been a. I think he's been just a hair off on some positions um, that he should win um, or could win. I think the pick is clearly Nigel. 
based on their body of work. However, I don't think an upset is out of the realm of possibility. I mean, but again, if Shriver would somehow pull this off, surprised, but not, oh my God, this is insane. Um, so I will go split. I will go Iowa three at 125, Nagal win at 133 33 going to 41 Nagao has struggled with top 10 opponents this year in his last seven or so matches he lost to Buzakis Ragason and Crookham that seems to be where he has not been able to beat those top guys so I think he bounces back here um, yep Schreiber currently number 20 on Intermat number 28 in WrestleStat. Nagal, six on Intermat, seven on WrestleStat. And I agree wholeheartedly. When you're wrestling top 10 guys, the very the minutia, the, the, the critical situations uh, is what determines if you get your hand raised or you lose. And I don't think it comes down to those fine details uh, in this particular matchup. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that Nagal will cruise to a win, but I think he'll will win. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so 41, match of the night. I know you think Gomez love it is maybe the match of the weekend. I think it's real and bow. I For me, this is – I think both of these guys, if you look at this matchup, there's been – you know, bow wins those close matches, and like you said, real kind of deserves a mulligan. It's almost like – the narrative more so is real is expected to win here. You think real is expected to win? I think if you look at like, for example, you saying that Woods deserves a mulligan for the loss last week. Yeah. Bo's winning a lot of close matches. I think for when was the last time real lost two matches in a row? Well, when is the last time real lost one match? He was undefeated all last year. He lost in NCAA finals on a big move to start the match. Um, Real Woods has become about as consistent as you can get. And then he goes out and he gets put on his back twice, scores zero points, tries a Kimura. One of these things is not like the other. You take Reel's last 30 matches and compare it to those seven minutes in Michigan. And what does that tell you? Also, I forgot. What does it tell you? It's Hold a, on. I, I, Hold it's on. Rhetorical. Our guy, J-Rod, wanted a tidbit, yeah, a tidbit yeah. for the show. Drake Ayala has not lost two matches in a row. Yeah. Excluding a medical point. forfeit where some of that happened, but. That's why the brain picked him. Actually, is that true? Did he not lose two in a row at uh, NCAAs his freshman year? Let's look. I hope J Rod's stat isn't wrong. Let's see. I, I, I'm not doubting J Rod. J Rod's a good dude. Uh, he went one and two, so uh, no, he did not. I don't know. He lost to Fabian Gutierrez. Beat Joe Mancio and lost to Jacob Camacho. NCAA is his true freshman year. All right. That's beside the point, though. Yeah. I and that's not him never, losing, him never losing two matches in a row is not going to mean anything. 
<laughs> on Friday night. Look at Iowa fans um, are down bad, man. <laughs> they're just they're, they're and I picked them. So who cares? Um, back to my question. What was your question? I forgot. My question was real woods. Look at real woods last 30, 40 matches okay. over the past year and a half, two years. Yep. Then look at those seven minutes in Michigan where he scored zero points, was put on his back twice. What do you, what do you think that means? What do you think it means that he's been uber, 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 totally consistent, never freaking loses. And then last week, He's put on his back twice, scores zero points to a true freshman. What do you think that means? One of my conversations with Chenzo about Real Woods is that sometimes when you wrestle a lot of close matches, something like this can happen. That's fair, but not – listen, I have all the respect in the world, Sergio Lemley. He could be the next big thing. But you don't wrestle the way Real Woods wrestled and then for a year and a half, and then wrestle a true freshman when your team needs you in a big spot and look like that. The answer to the question is he ain't right. Yeah. He ain't that, right. If that's the, the answer to the question is he's not right right now. Okay. Uh, physically. And for that reason, I'm taking Bo Bartlett. I would, you know, I think real woods Bartlett is a edge in the very slightest edge uh, real Woods under normal circumstances. If if Real Woods beat Sergio Lemley 7-2 last week, if Real which is a totally responsible pick, which is a totally plausible scenario. If Real Woods beat Sergio Lemley last week 7-2, who's your pick in this duel? You're picking Real Woods. He yeah. didn't look close to himself. He didn't look close to himself. I'll give you that. And so... For that reason, under normal circumstances, it would be slight edge to real, right? He he beat uh, Bartlett last year like 4-1. In normal circumstances, slight edge to real. After we saw one seven-minute match, it's enough to tell me real is not 100%. I will take Bo Bartlett, uh, and we'll see what we get. I don't, I don't know. Maybe real is now healthy, but... And last week he wasn't. I am curious about your 49 pick here because last week, I believe you picked Emilio over Kasich. Kasich goes out, wins 7-1. I thought he looked good. I thought that was his best win of the season. How does that position you for his matchup this weekend? Um, Are you getting NIL screenshots? I'm getting NIL screenshots. <laughs> That's bad radio. That's bad on me. That's all right. That's what happens. This is the real world. So what was the question? Kasich, Tyler, you, you picked Emilio last week, and then Kasich went out and beat him 7-1 pretty soundly. Looked great. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't have been, I, you know, he went for the major that, at the end. <laughs> part of it is that I think so highly of D Emilio. Um, and another part of it is, is the differential. I mean, Kasich looked in control the entire time. It wasn't the, the, the outcome was never in doubt. 
uh, he was in full control um, of the number 12 ranked guy in the country and an All-American last year. Um, again, I said, I... Now, here's my concern for Kasich in this match. Kasich literally made 141 this year. Right? Rachi's big. Rachi's big, long. I mean, I think Tyler is probably the... Um, I mean, I, I love Ratchy. I love that dude. Um, so I don't want to say. I think I think Kasich's probably a little bit more um, sophisticated uh, compared to what Ratchy does. But Ratchy's going to be really big, and I, I can see Ratchy winning. I'm taking Kasich because I can't, I can't unsee what I saw against D'Amelio. I'm taking Kasich, but I think this is an interesting thing. Yeah. It'll be a good match. All right. Levi Haynes, Jared Frenick. I'm taking uh, Haynes. I was a little bit more a little bit more excited for this match before we had to sit through um last week's matchup. I can't um Did you see the double that that Frannick hit against P Rob when he was down in the third period? A couple weeks ago. I, vaguely. I don't remember it too well. It's like, a, you know, it might have been a month ago, three weeks ago. Yes. Um, P-Rob has a lead, 40 seconds-ish left. And it wasn't it wasn't great defense by P-Rob. I, I actually thought, like, come on, Peyton. Like, that's just, that's just bad. Like, I don't think P-Rob I, – I, he didn't defend it at all. He didn't like defend it. Like Frannick took a nice double, but there was no down block, anything. It's like and it wasn't like the P Rob got caught flat footed. It's just but but the point is that Frannick took risk. Frannick took risk. And I love seeing that. That's how you win. And he won the match over a highly ranked, highly regarded opponent. Against Luan, zero risk. And so, if we're going off recency and we're going off, you know, his last match, I cannot see a scenario. I, I no, I cannot. It's not that I can't see a scenario. If Frannick's going to wrestle like that, like he wrestled against Luan, he's not beating. Uh, he's not beating Levi because Levi will at least take enough risk to provide himself an opportunity to win the match. Uh, Frannick against Luan didn't even give himself a chance. He didn't pull the trigger once. My only concern um, with Levi is it looks like he's cutting a lot of weight. His face is very sucked out. And... He absolutely is cutting a lot of weight, but I, listen, it's relative. I'm picking, I, I'm picking Levi. Um, if I had any doubt, that's that's basically where the doubt is. You know, is if you don't have a great weight cut or if your weight isn't great and a guy like Frannick who does take risk shows up, could be a very different match. But I'm picking I'm picking Levi. I see Levi for two. Um again. Frannick winning Frannick winning you know, four two, four three would not surprise me. I just 
I just think that, you know, the, the person that wins wrestling matches gives themselves the most opportunities in scoring positions. And frankly, Jared, Jared just doesn't give himself those opportunities and didn't last week. Yeah. All right. Next up is wrestle stats loan prediction for Iowa getting a W. Stop. It is Michael Caliendo over Mitchell Messenbrink as their where Iowa gets three points. I don't know how their model gets to that. They're both three and versus common opponents. Um, and Messenbrink, so against those same opponents, Messenbrink has a major tech tech, and Caliendo has decision, decision, decision. Yeah, so I know, but I throw that out. I throw that out. I don't, I'm going I don't Messenbrink. I, I think Messenbrink is – his momentum is rolling. That train is on the tracks, headed towards Kansas City. I don't know. I'm going Messenbrink here. Uh, huge How do you Kelly pick against fan. Messenbrink right now? Yeah, I mean, listen. If Caliendo wins, am I surprised? Not really. I mean, uh, I'm not shocked. But the pick is Messenbrink. The pick is Messenbrink. Um, Carter, Patrick Kennedy. He talked about this a little bit as we were starting to talk about the duel. Um, Carter, Patrick Kennedy, stop. <laughs> stop what? <laughs> what am I? Let's get the three-time defending champ. I'm taking. I'm taking Carter Strachey. I think most people most people are. Um, and then you got Bernie Truax, Aiden Riggins, or do we see Gabe Arnold? And well, do we, it, if we see Gabe Arnold, do we see Carter bump up to wrestle him? No. Carter. Let Carter wrestle. Well, don't forget, Carter told me when he came on this podcast, so I know I can say this one. Carter wanted to bump up to take on Donnell Washington. I know. <laughs> listen, if know. you come talking for Carter, you know Donnell Carter Washington, wants a piece of you. Listen, Donnell Washington. Hold on. Watch this. Donnell Washington lost last week to DJ Shannon of Michigan State, who is 8-13. No, I know. I'm just saying Carter's desire to go wrestle someone there's any kind of history with is all I'm talking about. I'm not talking yeah, about anything listen, else. Tom Brands, do not do do not put Gabe Arnold out there against Carter Starocki. Don't do it. Or you said Bernie Truax. Don't do that either. Well, I'd be okay with him wrestling. I, I'd be okay with Gabe wrestling Truax. I think he can wrestle with him. Um, but you don't think it's going to change the duel at all? I I don't know why anybody would pick Gabe. So um, it's realistically a, a true act decision, whether you think it's Riggins or Gabe. Because he would beat Willow Fellcamp, we're supposed to believe that Gabe's going to beat Truax. <laughs> I think he also tweeted you saying, I'm a 74 guy and I'm not going up again earlier in the season when you said they well, should put him in the I said that I said that he would be, f I said that I said wrestle Gabe at 84. Uh, yeah. And I think he'd be fine. I think he's all American caliber. But I also think, but I also pick Bernie. If if 
Dude, I think that Gabe Arnold can AA at 84 this year. But what if Gabe I, Arnold starts sequencing? If Gabe Arnold starts sequencing, <laughs> dude, all bets are off. <laughs> all bets are off, buddy. That video, we didn't really talk about it. Kale's dry humor is so great. His ability to just answer any question before him and, and just maintain a straight face and come up with like a dry humor response. Like, well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Guys, we'd like to do that. Well, we'd like to do that. That'd be great. If you right? missed it, <laughs> if you missed it, some rookie reporter asked Kale, um, do you think, have you considered, uh, in for you know attacking more sequences and like hand fighting and fakes and shots the reporter asked that the reporter asked uh the coach of the highest scoring wrestling offense in history if they thought about scoring more i was uh, gonna text him and ask him like who was that reporter like is it somebody new is it somebody who's and, like and, filling in for someone like i'm but the, the reaction online is like, I'm making fun of it. The people, people made fun of it, right? People made fun of the question. Well, they're losers sitting in their mom's basement saying, I would have asked this. I would do this. So that's... I, and I, well, I, th I made fun of it too. And I think it's a silly question, but there's people going, Oh, well, what do you want to gatekeep? You want to, you want to, this is why nobody follows wrestling. Cause we make fun of them. no, I'm not saying the guy should be fired. I'm not saying the guy should be kicked out of wrestling. I'm not saying the guy has no future in journalism. I'm saying it was a dumb question. And guess what? It was a dumb question. I think it was a funny question. No, it's, it was a dumb question. I'm I'm curious. Hey, have who you it considered was. scoring? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, pretty much everyone on our team is a Hodge contender. Uh, yeah, we've considered scoring, bud. <laughs> I hope that guy's in NCAAs. I hope he puts you in your place. And says, Shut up, Willie. You come ask Cal the questions. <laughs> yeah, he tries to put me in his place. I'm going to sequence all over his ass. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that. at least, you know, you got you to gotta give it to him. At least the Penn State reporters are asking the questions where there was a lot of people crying that the Iowa reporters weren't doing their job no. at the, after no. the Ferrari incident, no. including yourself. No. At least we're asking the tough questions, Willie. No. 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 All right, so there's you're picking nothing, Bernie over no Gabe Orr. There's no credit to be given there. There's no credit to be given there. So you're you're picking Bernie over Riggins or Gabe Arnold, the decision either way. Yes. Gabe, Aaron Brooks over Zach Glazier, next topic. Stop. Yeah. And then Greg Kirkfield over Bradley Hill, next topic. Next topic. And did you ever see the movie Pineapple Express? Mm, I don't think so. Is that a Jonah Hill one? Who's in that? Close. It's the that fuzzy-haired guy. Seth. Uh, uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seth Rogen and uh, Jamie Franco. Yeah. And and the guy from the guy from Eastbound and Down. And, I know. I did not see it. And they're preparing. They're preparing for like a gunfight, and but they're all dorks and they don't know how to like, uh, you know, they've never had a gun before. Right. And they're like, how do we do it? And the guy from Eastbound and Down has a gun and he goes like this. He goes, you look at him and you go like this. Don't. And they're like trying to figure it out. And they're like, like this. Don't. Right. Don't. And, and the guy from Eastbound and Down is like, stop. Right. And this is what I have to can say. You, to Tom Brand. Can you do that? Hey, can thinking you... about 
Can you do a little higher so I can screenshot it for the thumbnail? Don't. If you're thinking about wrestling, Ben Keeter, I go like this to Tom Rams. Don't. Stop. 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 Because there is zero point to it. I know what they're thinking. I mean, I don't even know what they're thinking. I just, just like, people are saying, people are saying, I, I shouldn't even put this on the coaching staff because they didn't say it. People are speculating that Tom might use Keeter instead of Hill because the win percentage threshold to get an automatic, to get a free allocation is 70%. And Bradley Hill's winning percentage is 73. So if he goes out and inevitably, invariably loses to Kirkfleet, his win percentage would come down and thus put him at risk of not getting an allocation. However, that is not reasonable justification for putting your prize prospect that's only been wrestling for a month, that's 30 pounds underweight against the number one absolute monster, 270 pounds, wrestle in all positions, supremely offensive Greg Kirkfleet. Who very well could be our Olympic rep. You do not put Ben Keeter in position to ruin his confidence against the guy he's going to have to see next year at a time when he's undersized and underprepared so that you can increase the likelihood of Bradley Hill qualifying for NCAAs where he will score a maximum of 0.5 points. So what you're saying is make the graphic now, Cal Sanderson getting his 200th win for Penn State Friday night in Carver-Hawkeye. Well, if you have to put it like that, yes. (laughs) Make the graphic. By the way, we didn't really talk senior level much, but the Nittany Line Wrestling Club having four one seeds out of the six Olympic weights is bananas. Yeah, and I, for one, think that Kirk Fleet's going to be our heavyweight. How many How many of the men's freestyle Olympic team is from the NLWC? Mm-hmm, right now, five. That's wild. But, I mean, listen, I'm not putting any cart oh. before the horse. It's the hey, Olympic trials. Can you, can you give me the crazy Olympic odds trials. NLWC has the whole team? Let's work on the odds. Somebody somebody on Twitter, give us odds. Sako, bro, give us odds. Sako, give us the odds. NLWC to have six. Uh, Well, who... I don't think they're going to have six. Who's going to be 57? Tom, I mean. Listen, I'm not saying it's happening. I'm saying what are the odds? If you gave nine me. Months ago, nine months ago, I would have said yes, Gilman. I mean, I'm Gilman all the way. But the weight cut was too bad for him at final X. I mean, I'd pick him if I had any confidence the weight cut was going to be okay for him. And they have so much. I mean, the depth they have even on the senior level at each weight is crazy. You got Nick Lee, Bo Bartlett, both at 65. You yeah. got 
Zane Messenbrink, Nolf Facundo, maybe Starachi at 74. You got Brooks and Taylor and Dake at 74. You got Brooks and Taylor at 86 and Max Dean. You got Snyder at 97. You got Kirk at heavyweight. It's crazy. Obviously, again, it, it's just like the Penn State thing. How many finals will they have? The likelihood of it all happening is obviously, you know, Sacco, give us give us the line so we can have the Bank of Willie take the bet. <laughs> I will take the bet. <laughs> They're not going to have all six. Uh, but the fact that we're discussing is pretty impressive. Um, all right, that's Penn State, Iowa. I, I picked one win for Iowa. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't. I'm sure people are going to be surprised by that. You took ten. Thinking back, yeah. But again, there's there's weights that I can see going either way. I think Ayala Davis is a toss up. I, I think, think I, I think it's going to be eight two seven three. Um, I picked nine one. I don't think it'll be nine one. I think it'll be more like eight two. I will. There's too many. There's too many coin flips. I, like I yeah. said. Uh, 125 through 165 to me anything could happen there's clear there's clear pre-match picks but if 100%. everything went, we wouldn't watch wrestling and look so, look at I the penn state ohio state duel i don't think many people had Trex getting pinned you know what i mean doesn't mean Trex is isn't the right yeah pick. that was fluky though that was fluky so, though but all yeah. right let's let let's run through uh nebraska michigan this okay. is a fun duel michigan goes and upsets iowa and now they have uh, Nebraska. WrestleStat has Michigan five, Nebraska ten. What does uh, Russell, what does Intermat have them? Intermat team or duel or tournament? I don't duel. like. I don't like our dual rankings, to be honest with you. And, and that's not to say that, uh, dude. I think Earl's the best ranker. I think Earl does the best job. Um, but just like high school, uh, dual rankings are tricky as hell. Because, like, right now, in the dual rankings, I saw this the other day, yesterday, and I was like, I don't like this. Iowa 3, Michigan 9. Now, Michigan did lose three duels, but they beat Iowa, um, who is number 3. I just think a duel is a tricky thing. You, You can't, especially in college, especially in college where, yeah, you're putting everybody in one bucket when that same team had seven different lineups when they wrestled, right? It's like you count, do you rank them on optimum lineup or do you rank them on the results? And it doesn't matter. People are going to cry either way. If you, if you rank them and say, well, they lost to, I don't know, Illinois and which they didn't, but I'm just using an example. Uh, they lost to this team. Oh, well, they didn't have Cam Amin, and they didn't have Shane Griffith, and they didn't have Michael D'Augustino. Okay? People will cry and say, but they're really better than that. If you want to do a, if you want to do an authentic ranking, a, a really um, objective ranking, you put their best team in there. And then you have the other guys that say, result's a result. You should have wrestled your guys. Right? So you can't win with them. But right now, uh, Iowa 3, Michigan 9, Nebraska 4. Um, let's look. All right, let's got. go through. You got Caleb Smith, Michael D'Agostino to start the duel off. I'm going Caleb Smith. 
You're going Caleb Smith. Now, uh, Caleb Smith has dropped a bunch, including to Patrick McKee and Drake Ayala, who D'Augustino beat. D'Augustino beat Ayala 2-1 overtime. Smith lost to Ayala 7-3. Uh, both guys lost to Patrick McKee. D'Augustino lost 7-2. Um, that match really got away from Smith, who lost, uh, I think, by Tech. Yeah, by Tech. But that was a weird match because, like, almost every attack, almost every score was off a of Smith attack. He just kept countering them. Um Both guys lost to Volk. Now, Caleb beat D'Augustino 5-2 in Vegas. Um, He also beat Matt Ramos in Vegas. Yeah, how about that? I mean, he beat D'Augustino, who beat Ayala, and he beat the number one guy in the country in Matt Ramos, and he's still, like, ranked 12th or something like that uh, because of the nature of of 125 this year. I'm going to go D'Augustino. The, although Caleb Smith won their previous match this year, I, I'm going to go D'Augustino. I think he's been really stingy. He's kind of um, getting more dialed in. Okay. Uh, next up, we got Dylan Raguson against Jacob Bandy. Give me Raguson here. Yeah, I'm taking Raguson. I really like Bandy. I really like him. But at this juncture. At this juncture, he's wrestling half matches. Um, that's my analysis on Jacob Van D. He goes out, he gets the first takedown on uh, Teske. Teske comes back, gets a takedown later, loses the match. He goes out last week, looks phenomenal. He's like up like 6-1-ish, 5-1 on um, Madrigal, who's not great. Van D finds a way to lose the match in the second half. He's wrestled half matches. So give me uh, Raguson. And if Van D don't wrestle, if Van D doesn't wrestle a full seven minutes, Raguson's going to make him pay late. So I don't think it's a major, but, uh, you know, give me 6 0 Michigan after two. Brock Hardy, Sergio Lemley. This would be a good one. Hardy. I. I it's hard to pick against Sergio Lemley after the win that he had last week. But no, not. for me, it is. I mean, he looked about as good as anyone can look. Yeah, against the one-legged Real Woods. Be that as it may. I love Sergio Lemley. All on the Sergio Lemley train. Let's pump the brakes a bit. I'll pump the brakes if he loses this, this weekend. How about that? Okay. Give me Lemley well, until he loses. Re- recency well, bias out the wazoo well with that one. Might as well start pumping. Okay. Um, here's how here's how Brock Hardy has done against top ten guys. Uh, lost to Real Woods, lost to mm-hmm. Kale Happel, lost to Kale Happel again, lost to Jesse Mendez, mm-hmm. uh, lost to Tegan Jameson, who's not. Um, who also beat Sergio Lemley? They, they, they looks like they traded matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brock Hardy, what's his best win of the year? Uh, he beat number one in the country, Bo Bartlett, last year. 
Okay, this year, what's his best win? He beat Kale Happel, who beat him twice this year. By the way, Brock Hardy led in both those Kale Happel matches that he lost. Well, how much you want to bet on it? I mean, you're really pushing in on this one. You want to bet on this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> 20, we can't bet. We can't bet. That's bad. I'm taking Hardy. You want to take Sergio? Take him. We will bet the first round at whatever the next tournament we are at together is. I oh, got Ledley here. Bet a beer. All right. Okay. I got Hardy. I got 6-3 Michigan. Okay. Uh, 49. Love it. Gomez. Who the hell knows? Um, but I think this is a really interesting match for a couple reasons. Number one, Ridge really hasn't been tested. Um, it's been an odd year, an odd schedule for him. He had a close one with Caleb Henson in December 5th or something like that, right? And ever since, nobody's come close to him. And I can tell you, he feels as if everybody shuts down against him. He gets frustrated that people do not wrestle him. Now, make no mistake about it. Austin Gomez is going to wrestle him. Austin Gomez is going to be fearless. Yep. Which could result in big plays for Austin, or it could result in someone finally wrestling Ridge and Ridge getting his wish and having opportunities uh, to score against somebody. That being said, you know, it's a wild match to predict because anything Austin Gomez is wild. Okay. Austin is comfortable in big bear hug, double overs, double under type stuff. But Ridge like won 7,000 Fargo titles in Greco. Uh, and Ridge is comfortable there too. So if they get in those upper body 50 50 Chento slash bull type situations, anything can go. And who the hell is going to predict that? Right. It's like, it's right. Like, fit. That's why they call them 50 50 positions. I don't I can't speak with any confidence in who's going to win this match. But I will say giant advantage Ridge in riding. I think Therefore, when Ridge, give me Ridge Ridge Lovett is 19 and 0 on the year with a 68% bonus rate. This one's pretty black and white. Can Gomez throw him and win this match? Absolutely. Gomez is always in every single match he's in. It's why he's one of the few people who beat Yanni Diakmahalis, four-time NCAA champ. Yeah. But I think you got to go with the undefeated number one Ridge to win. And if Gomez Gomez is going to go out there and he is going to let it fly, and that's why people love watching him. So if, if he could get a win here, wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the pitch this is, is Ridge. an awesome, fascinating matchup. And I couldn't be more impressed with – uh, Austin Gomez this year, not only not only his win-loss ledger, but how he lets it fly. He enjoys it in a world of six-year seniors that are mercenaries that transfer and go through the motions and and really just like, ah, yeah, I'll win two to one until uh, it's time to go at Big Tens or conference tournament. In a world full of that, Austin Gomez is – he enjoys wrestling, and I couldn't be more impressed with him. I think it's a toss-up match, 
I like Ridge's mat wrestling uh, a little bit more. And I listen, I'm going to go that with zero, like not a lot of confidence uh, at this point, six, six tied up. Okay. Peyton Rob against Will Luan before the year, this would have been a very easy Peyton Rob uh, pick for me. But you had you had Peyton Rob just drop four in a row. He just picked up a win against Illinois. Joe Roberts, he won 10-1. Um, but where is Peyton Rob? It's it's hard to say. My confidence in, in him right now is low. Um yeah, this yeah. is what what's your thoughts I, on this one? I agree. Peyton says Peyton has looked completely off. I mean, he started the season looking like the na- a national champ, right? Yep. He started last season looking like a national champ. Um, rough patch, unprecedented, lost four in a row. All respect to Michael Blockus, Ryder Downey especially. Um, they're just guys that Peyton shouldn't lose to. I thought he blew a match against Frannick, a lead with 40 seconds to go. And, um all that being said, wrestlers do go through rough patches sometimes. And um, I think the best version of Peyton, I mean, it depends what version of Peyton we get. Um, the best version of Peyton, you pick all day against Will Luan, number one. Yep. So that's why I'm picking Peyton Rob. Number two, it is very difficult for me to see how Will Luan wins a match when he doesn't shoot ever. So, um he could certainly get a counter of some sort. He could get a reversal at the end of a period. He could um, go into rideouts and win the rideouts. But I will pick the guy that shoots more often, and that's Peyton Rob. Yeah, and Peyton Rob did just beat him 8-2, um, which is exactly how I think I would see this match going. He beat him 8-2 at um, CKLV. That was before he had a little bit of this, you know, slump he's in. So I'll go Peyton Rob. I, I think he's the better wrestler. It just my confidence isn't very high given how he's looked as of late. Yeah, so I got nine six, first two to Michigan, next three to Nebraska, then we get to one sixty five, Camamine and Charles Taylor. Camamine has not looked great. Um and it's kind of a old vet versus young pup here. Um, but I'm a believer. I think Cam Amin's tougher than nails. And I think he was, uh, I, I don't think, I know he was really under the weather for a long time. And, uh, I think he bounces back here, gets the win for his team and ties it up at six, uh, ties it up yep. at nine. Yeah. I'll take Cam Amin in this one. Shane Griffith. I think this is sort of a next topic one. I'll go, um, Shane, I kind of want to tinker with major, um, number one, because Shane just majored. Um, That's what WrestleStat has it. 10-2. Shane just majored Kennedy. And Bubba also Bubba also is very active. Um, so it's not like one of those guys that's like, you know, Shane, Shane could have an 8-2 lead and um, it's not one of those situations where it's going to be hard to major him because – Bubba's just trying to survive. Bubba will keep shooting. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know what? Give me a major here and 
13-9 Michigan. Okay. And then we go to 184, Lenny Pinto, Jared Bullock. I kind of feel like this is a next topic one. Give me Pinto, 13-12. Same. Silas Allred over Ryland Rogers. Yeah, I'll take Silas. Silas hasn't looked great this year. Um, but uh, neither has Ryland. Ryland's only four and three. He's probably an 84-pounder. Um, you know, we, we talked in, earlier in the show about confidence. And frankly, that's what's going on with Silas. I mean, Silas beat a national champ last year twice. Um, he was in it with five-time All-American Tyler uh, Jacob Warner. Um, Silas is awesome, but Silas right now don't believe he's awesome. And so that's, I think the issue there, um, if Silas can get right, there isn't too many guys he can't be. And, uh, I think you have to take him over, uh, Ryland. So that's 15, 13, Nebraska, Lucas Davison, a heavyweight to clear pick, uh, Michigan takes a door. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. That's a um, that duel kind of winds Caleb out. Smith. You took Caleb Smith, so does that mean you have Nebraska winning? Uh, or you took Lemley? Yeah, I took so Lemley. Out. So you have Michigan winning as well. Yeah, we just switched. I think at twenty-five and and forty-one. Yeah, yeah. But Any that's. Other, a, I was just gonna say, what else do you have for this weekend? I haven't really looked at it too much yet. I'm going to look real quick. Let's see what the big ones are outside of Penn State, Iowa, outside of Michigan, Nebraska. Um, I don't think there's a whole heck of a lot. What's going on in the Big 12? Uh, Northern Iowa wrestles Iowa State. So we could get Happel at Jamendia, which I think is a fantastic matchup. Who would you take there, Happel or at Jamendia? At Jamendia. He looks so so dang strong. I, I couldn't be more impressed with either of them. Uh, Cal Happel looks great. Yeah. Cal Happel looks What's great. What's he on the year? Um, He's 16-4. and four, Lost to Mendez, 4-2. Close loss. Pinned by Kai Owen. Lost to Lachlan McNeil. Yeah, that was just fluky. Yeah, Ryan Jack. He beat Etchmendia 9-3 at the Cliff Keen. He's looked great, man. He's yeah. looked great. I mean, Brock Hardy had him dead to rights twice with 30 seconds left, and, and uh, Kale came back with a vengeance. Uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, Northern Iowa, Iowa State. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Those two duels take center stage. Cornell at Penn, that's not a bad one. Yeah, big big weekend of wrestling ahead, and we're only about a month away from conference weekend. We're four weeks away from the Pan Am Olympic Games qualifier. We now know it's going to be Zane Richards going in 57, Nick Lee going at 65, 74 through heavyweight. We already have qualified for the Olympics, so we're only sending two guys. We're, uh, or that's in three weeks, three weeks from now. Two weeks from now is Pan Am championships. Hopefully we get the real lineups for that soon. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. You got anything else? I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, it's just we'll learn a lot this weekend. It's um, it's kind of fitting that uh, it's Super Bowl weekend, and 
the schedule, you know, you got Cornell Penn and you got Northern Iowa, Iowa State, but really it's a Super Bowl Friday too for us. So um, the big ones are on Friday. We'll learn a lot. Uh, it'll either be Iowa's back or fire Tom Brands. That's hey, uh, those two headlines. You, that you know, you're, I know you're not a big Instagram guy, but Nick Suriano has been posting content left and right. Who was once yeah. an international man of mystery with silence for years at a time on Instagram? All I want to know is, is he wrestling at last chance? If he goes to the Pan Am uh, championships and wins, he qualifies for the trials, doesn't have to. What? The Pan Am championships winner qualifies for the Olympic trials. Why would he go there? He was on the initial roster. Really? So if he goes to Pan Am Championships and wins, he's in for the Olympic trials. I did not think of that angle. Well, I, number one, I didn't think of that angle. Number two, I didn't think he was selected. Yeah, uh, so the initial lineup that USA Wrestling put out, which we talked about it last week, is definitely subject to change, was Spencer Lee, 57, Soriano. Well, that's why I didn't think, that's well, why I didn't think Soriano was listed. But listen to how genius this is. If Soriano goes at 61, wins 61, and then he can cut and only have to make weight for the trials. Oh, he was listed at 61. Correct. Okay, I knew Spencer was... Because they that was that list was all fouled up, right? Yeah, it's Spencer Lee, Nick Soriano, Yanni, Berger, Dake, Facundo, Marsteller, Jackson, Snyder, Paris. Yeah, and like half of those are inaccurate. Yeah. I guess that's why I paid no attention to it. But if Spe if Soriano goes F fifty seven or sixty one and wins, he qualifies for the trials. And if he does it sixty one, I, I just make I weight. mean Instagram's fine. I'm glad he's posted on social media. I just want to know, is he wrestling at the trials? Is he going to try to wrestle at the trials? Well, one of the things he posted yesterday, which he posted hashtag handsome Tuesday. Handsome so Tuesday. he said, so you think you'll make the weight? And then he just takes a bite of cereal or something. <laughs> I can't figure. You haven't seen this video? Hold on. Let me send it to you. Let's get your... Let's get your live reaction on the podcast. All right. I just I just texted you the link to the Instagram video. Okay. I'm watching. I don't even have Instagram on my phone. It's for the kids. <laughs> Handsome Tuesday, Lakers hat. Hmm. Hey, he'll make the weight. There's no, there's no way Nick Soriano will not make the weight. No, he's a war he's a warrior. He's small and he's a warrior. And hey, listen. And by the way, what he posted yesterday is um, U Medical Spa 
posted yesterday, Nick Soriano is spending some time with us at UMed Spa in preparations for the Pan Am Championships for Team USA. Oh, so like almost confirmed. So that seems pretty confirmed. Soriano to the Pan yeah, Ams, good. and that good. could be his way My to. Question, I love I love Nick Soriano, and I love his old man. They're they're crazy. They're both crazy, and I love them. But they're good. They're really good hearted people. Um. My frustration with Nick is you never know what the hell he's going to do. I know. He's been active that's, on that's, social that's lately. My only, that's my yeah. only thing with Nick. Love the kid. Just you don't know what he's going to do. So, gonna... Well, two weeks from now, we should, could see him at Pan Am's and he could qualify Good. for the I'm trials. Glad he's in the mix. I'm glad he's in the mix. So, um, You know, Dayton has made a team. Vito has made a team. Uh, well, I guess Spencer hasn't made a senior team. Um, Gilman has made a team. I, I don't root. I don't root for anybody. Uh, everybody says you know I have my favorites and I root for people. That is bullshit. Uh, it, you know, I'm not rooting for anybody, but um. I would love to see Dayton make a team. I'd love to see Vito make a team. I'd love to see Thomas make a team. But if Spencer or Nick um, make a team and their first team is the Olympic team, um, that's pretty special. And, and uh, you know, I like to see guys have their dreams fulfilled, right? I can't wait till we do an Olympic trials preview show. Thomas made a team and, and medaled, right? Uh, won a world title. Dayton's medaled. Vito's won a world title. And, like, I don't root for anybody, but I'd like to see other guys have their dreams come true. Yeah. Oh, and all right. It, you know, the good part about it is, um, knock on wood, is that we get everybody in the pool, right? That they're all, those guys are all there. You know, Nick um, Spencer's been hurt for a while. And, Missed a bunch of stuff, and now he's finally on track. Nick came down with COVID before the trial, uh, Olympic trials last time. Now, you know, COVID. Eh, don't get me started on COVID. Anyway, let's let's <laughs> at least have have everybody have an opportunity. You know, <laughs> I can't wait. Let's do it. Let's do a whole special on just COVID next week. We'll do a weekend recap slash COVID recap. I, I got vaccinated and boosted thirty two times. I, I I'm proud to have never gotten vaccinated. I'm very thankful Except I never did. Minus thirty two. I've never I never got vaccinated and I never will. Yeah. Seems like more people that uh eh, we're not going into COVID. All right, that's today's show. Like and subscribe, comment, how happy birthday, Willie. How many times do you think Machado was boosted? I don't think there's any amount of money to pay him to get the vax either. Horn high twelve. <laughs> Shout out Fleischer. He's the man. It's my birthday. I'm going to have some Budweiser's. Break All right. Street. Everybody comment, subscribe, and wish Willie a happy birthday. Tweet him, comment. That's it. We'll be back. See you guys. And the beat goes on. Bang, bang.